nurse. We are back. That is an Animaniacs reference. Yeah. Like, you know, we met the guy that did all the Animaniacs stuff. Basically, the creator. Well, he, he did wasn't. the voice of uh, Yakko. Yakko Warner. And, uh, and, and Pinky. Did he do Pinky? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Pinky. And, and Pinky I don't and know. Brain. He didn't do the brain. No. Um, but he also did some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That was a good show, man. I tell Animaniacs. You what. It's time for Animaniacs. Wackos or Yakko Yaks and Wacko no. Wax. Uh, <laughs> there's Annie to the dot, Max. There's Baloney and there's Slacks. Dot is cute. And Yakko Yaks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's a good show. Baloney and I have slacks. the um, DVD box set. You do? Mm hmm. We're talking about a one Rob Paulson. Yeah, Mr. Paulson. We have a YouTube video of him singing a song. You guys should check it out if you haven't already. You and then him, have, and then him talking about uh, Snarf. Yeah, as Pinky. Right. It's pretty amazing. He normally says Narf. Yeah. And if he just adds an S, it's Snarf. Yeah. It's so great. I can't wait till the next con, but oh, I don't know if gosh. we'll get one. We'll see. I cannot wait for, for a whole Wizard World. Which we, actually I think is my favorite one. You think so? Yeah, we had so much th- fun in that celebrity area, which you don't really get at C2E2. You don't, because it's very open yeah. in the in the celebrity area for Wizard World. They're just like walking around. And the C2E2 celebrities, they're too they're too hot. They are a hot commodity. Yeah. At Wizard, are, you get more approachable celebrities. You're talking top of the top. Yeah. You're top talking gala. peak. You're talking K2 peak. <laughs> Talking Everest, yeah, peak mountain right. climbing, hardest ever, dead. Those people are there. You know, there's so much like human feces on Mount Everest, like it's a big problem. What? It's they all have, frozen though. They have right? like mudslides of human feces. No, from all the people crapping. That's not, that's not true. Yeah, it's a problem. All the garbage. It's like a garbage dump because you can't bring stuff down. Right, I know the top is because it's like full of crap up on the top, but not like human crap. I'm saying like cans like just, of peaches, yeah, baked Pe- beans. Right, Mount Everest poop problem piles up. Th- this is a real thing. Eight thousand kilograms of human poop estimated on, left on Mount Everest this year. What? After every party, it's time to clean up. Mount Everest is no different. The record number of climbers crowding the world's highest mountain this season has left a government cleanup crew grappling with how to clear away everything from abandoned tents to human waste, such as excrement, which threatens their drinking water. Because it doesn't, that's the thing, like it doesn't decompose, it just is frozen left there. Everest has so much garbage, depleted oxygen cylinders, food packaging, rope, that climbers use the trash as kind of signposts. But this year's haul from an estimated 700 climbers, guides, and porters on the mountain has been a shock to the to the ethnic Sherpas who work on the government's cleanup drive mm. this spring. I'd love to be a it Sherpa. It costs $30,000 per climber. How's that possible? That's what an expedition company would charge you, $30,000 if you want to climb Everest. No kidding. Yeah. So most of these climbers have to be sponsored, most likely from a company yeah. of some sort, like a, maybe an Eddie Bauer or a Columbia or an athlete's foot. It takes over an hour to dig just one tent out of a frozen out of the frozen ice and bring it down, said a Sherpa. They've brought down twenty thousand kilograms of garbage since two thousand and eight. What would that be in pounds? 
Um, like, isn't there two kilograms in a pound? Like two point no, two? No idea. I really don't. I'm too American to. Or there's two point two pounds in a kilogram. It's one of those two. Something to do with no, two point two. A kilo is less than a pound because I know a lot of people say like I weigh eighty kilos. And that would be like 175 2.2 pounds. 2.2 pounds in a kilo, kilo, kilogram. Kilo. That, yeah, that's, that's what I said. Yeah. I didn't say that. 2.2. 2.2 pounds in a kilo. Some climbers do not use makeshift <clears throat> toilets, instead digging a hole in the snow, letting the waste fall into the small crevasses. However, rising Crevasse. temperatures have thinned the glacier, leaving fewer and smaller crevasses. Crevasse. The overflowing waste then spills downward toward the base camp and even the communities below the mountain. So it falls through the mountain to a village that lives inside of it. Yeah, and those mountains use melted snow for drinking water. That's how you get dysentery, folks. I have a hard time believing that this is that big of a problem. I know. I, it's I a big, really don't. It's a big mountain. But I think the routes they go aren't that big. It's the same routes. And, like there's, there's, not, and there's a lot routes. of people going. There's harder routes. There's easier routes. But yeah, there are a lot of people going. I literally just watched a YouTube video about K2, how it's a little more difficult, even though it's the second highest peak in the world. Uh, it is more difficult to climb and get up there. But it was about these climbers. These, um, there was three men and a woman and they've dedicated themselves to climbing these mountains without extra oxygen. So they don't take oxygen cylinders or anything. They just breathe the actual air. So it takes a long time for them to acclimate to the altitude and everything. So they do like three to four climbs almost to the peak, to the, the very last camp that they have before you make your run to the peak. Uh, they climb all the way up to that run and stay for like overnight and then climb back down and then they climb back up. And the reason they do that is because their body will start to produce more red blood cells, which can carry more oxygenated blood through their body. And they, and they have to like build that up before they can make a run to the peak. Otherwise they'll just pass out and die. Hmm. And it was about that. It was like a 25 minute video and that one was sponsored. They were sponsored by Eddie Bauer. It was all because of Eddie Bauer that they were even doing it. The woman had already done... And Eddie Bauer himself was the first person to climb that mountain. K2? I, th- I don't think so, but... I just uh, made that up completely. I don't even know if Eddie Bauer was a real person. Yeah, Eddie Bauer is a real person, but um, it Eddie Bauer did sponsor the very first climb of K2, which a man had done like 54 years earlier. So they were doing it on purpose to say like, hey, you know, since Eddie Bauer sponsored the first climb, I want them to sponsor the first climb that I do it with no oxygen whatsoever. Hmm. And this woman was the first woman in history to climb both Everest and K2 in the same year um, without oxygen. Because normally they say with these climbs, it's like so grueling on your body that you have to wait at at a minimum a year to try to do any of that again, even with oxygen. Hmm. And she did both of them about six months apart. Jeez. She's nuts. They were all nuts, I think. Well... If you want to know, the biggest problem and concern now on Everest is the issue of human waste. Hundreds of people are there for weeks who go to open toilets. Melting conditions at Camp 2 create an odor that is sickening to climbers, and the waste will eventually contaminate water sources below. Uh, Mountaineers say the government should mandate the use of biodegradable bags. It would spare his team the unpleasant task of collecting the human waste and carrying it down the slopes. Wow. Yeah. So it is a real problem, Jerry. 
Yeah. Poop on the mountain and fire in the sky. (laughs) I was going to think of something like disease in your water. (laughs) (laughs) Disease in the water. Um, Hey, before we get any further, we have a little housekeeping note. We do. Housekeeping. Yeah. Is it like a big announcement? Yes. Of housekeeping stuff? It's like a big uh, snarf snarf announcement. We have hired a maid. <laughs> a, a housekeeper, to, yes. Yeah, to keep our podcast studio clean. No, that is not true. Oh, all right. Um, we now have custom-made Snarf Talk t-shirts and hoodies. And hoodie sweatshirts with a front pocket, drawstring, and a comfy inside. And they are awesome. They are awesome. It's a really... They're high quality 50 50 blend t shirts. Ooh, 50 50. Are we talking polyester cotton yeah, or oh yeah. nylon? I don't know. Look at it. Oh, but okay. Well, that might matter to the, some people. They're the good stuff. Does it have the itchy tag? No itchy tag. It does nice. have a tag, but it's not itchy. But they're not itchy. Uh, brand new design. It is a brand new design. It's a. Sim- of my own creation. Simplification of the original design. Yeah. It's, uh, it's and I love it. Like a kind of a simple logo. With just the goat and the speech bubble, it says Smart Talk Podcast, different colors. It's really cool. The t-shirts are like a light gray. They look really good, really sharp. And uh, the hoodies are kind of an indigo blue. Indigo. They really uh, look good. And we have those for sale. Well, first of all... We do have them for sale. You don't have to buy one if you are a Patreon subscriber, because if you subscribe up Patreon at the $10 level... You are already going to be getting one, so we will be sending those out. Yes. If you're a Patreon subscriber and you haven't got yours yet, um, they will be getting sent out sometime in the next month. Um, you have to subscribe at the $10 level. $10. To uh, get a t-shirt. But if you are at the $5 level and you're like really active, mm-hmm. you know, you might get one. But guess just what? A reward. You're getting that t-shirt for less than what they cost to make. If you're not a Patreon subscriber and you don't want to subscribe on Patreon, well, that's fine. But you can still purchase a Snarf Talk t-shirt. t-shirt and the proceeds of said t-shirts go to help us buy equipment, make the, the podcast better, uh, create comics. Keep it running. We're do just everything gonna, we need to do. We're keeping out, you know, we're pumping out content, keeping the train a-chugging. It's basically you shoveling coal into the fire. Yeah, and I tried out a bunch of different designs, but I landed on this one because I thought it was the most, like, wearable and not, like, gaudy. Right. And it's just a nice-looking T-shirt. I think it's great. It's one that looks good. Looks cool, and you know, people might ask you, "What's that? What she got going on there?" And you know what? I can almost guarantee you, Chris, almost that I'll wear one. I hope so. I bet you I'll wear one. Yeah, and it because it looks nice. Yeah, for sure. Because if it didn't look nice, (laughs) I'd throw that shit in the garbage. (laughs) So the t-shirts, if you want to buy one, um, and remember, you're getting the t-shirt, but also it's kind of a donation. Correct. Um, the t-shirts are going to be $20. And even. Even. And we have large, extra large, and 2XL. We can get you a different size if you must get a different size, but those sizes are going to encompass most people. Yeah, those are the If you're a medium wearer, you can, you can live with a large because... Put it in the dryer for yeah, on high. It'll shrink a little bit. Yep. Um, we would prefer to sell the ones we got in stock without having to go get everybody custom sizes. For sure. For sweatshirts right now, uh, we have 
extra large because everybody likes an extra large hoodie. Yep. A lot of people like extra large hoodies. We got a couple larges, um, and we can get other sizes for the sweatshirts if you're just dying for a size. Yeah, we don't have a, a ton of sweatshirts in stock right now because it's kind of like it's summer sweating season. Yeah. So people are sweating profusely and they stink. Why would you want to put a sweatshirt over top of that? Right. You know, you don't want to. The sweatshirts, by the way, are thirty dollars. Thirty dollars for a sweatshirt, twenty dollars for a t-shirt. We will post it on our social media, and you can get in contact with us. Fifty dollars for to. both. Right. Actually, we'll give no. you a discount. Yeah. What, what, what should we do? Forty. Forty-five. Forty-five dollars for both. Boom. There you go. We just figured it out. Forty-five dollars for for both, or you can subscribe at the ten dollar level on Patreon, and you just get a t-shirt. And you get a t-shirt automatically. And you get stickers, and you get access to all of our bonus podcasts, and you get access to our feed that Jerry's always posting script pages and different kinds of fun things. Maybe like a that. huge problem with getting on Patreon at the moment. I haven't posted anything recently because I, for some reason, cannot load Patreon. Well, into you need my... to figure that out, Jerry. It, it's yeah, it's pretty annoying. So that is that, and we would appreciate it if all of our listeners would purchase a T-shirt because we bought a bunch of them and they are expensive. <laughs> and um, and now we have these T-shirts laying around. But as of today, this is the first day we have them. And now they're available, and you guys. Um, and bonus is, I think they look really cool, and I think they're, and it's supporting a good cause. Support but, your local podcast, yes, you know, that's folks, right. and get something out of it. Uh, with that, Jerry, what are we talking about this week? What do we got going on? I got some what I'm watching. We'll talk about later. Um, I think I watched the movie Birds of Prey, so I want to give you my Ooh, little review of that. Yes, I would like that review. Um, I just real quick, I finally have evidence. Of a person, aliens, not of aliens. It's Sasquatches. it's almost like. Well, I, yes, I do have evidence of that. No, you have a. Uh, it's not really evidence. It's not have, really you evidence. Don't have any evidence. Just, no, I guess it's just my. Well, I did have evidence. It's like circumstantial evidence. How? Um, I have a picture of a footprint that another person took. I didn't take it. Another person took the picture. I don't think that's evidence. And. Of a sighting that I had, yeah, back in the day. So anyway, I guess eyewitness testimony is a form of evidence. It's just not a reliable one, right? I was the I, w- I was the eyewitness, and then a, a different person came and took a picture of a footprint in the area. Yeah, Fair that enough. they found. I didn't find it. They found the footprint. Took the picture. You found the Bigfoot, right? Ran across the road. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. <laughs> Most people think I'm crazy. It it, it happened. Um, it's probably a bear. Could have been a really tall grizzly bear, just walking on two legs. Circus bear. I don't think there'd be any grizzlies down this far, but you might get a black bear that wanders astray down here from Wisconsin. I don't doubt that could happen. Um, but this had hands. Bears and, have hands. Nope, they have paws. Well, yeah. There's a difference between hands and paws. Look at a raccoon's hands. Bears can open jars and stuff, right? They don't have opposable thumbs. A bear opened my sister's car. This is not true. Oh, it is true. Where? In Yosemite? They were in Colorado. Yellowstone? Camping. and Fort Collins? Park park ranger came around and said, hey, make sure you lock your vehicle because bears get in them. And they said, okay. And then they didn't lock their vehicle. And they went to bed in a tent right next to the vehicle. And in the middle of the night, a bear opened the sliding door of their minivan, got in, 
closed the door, could not get out, and tore the entire interior no out of their entire way. van. Yes, way. I've never heard this but story. But at some point, it did get out because it wasn't there in the morning. Busted through the window or something. Had to have. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but it got out. Yeah, it tore up the whole Which interior. Which sister was this? Kristen. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And That's were, a really good tent story. tent was right next to the... And they never heard any of this? Nope. They didn't hear anything. They sleep hard. Yeah. Sleep hard in them tents, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was... That's pretty insane. Got to turn that into the insurance. How do you tell them that? Like, hey. They own an insurance agency. Lucky enough. Oh, well, that is lucky <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, no, so I finally have evidence and have confirmed that a person agreed with me on a pick of mine. Oh, this is on a guard On when I picked Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as the better sequel. Spoilers, if you haven't listened to the top 10 sequels that are better than the original podcast we had a few episodes ago, I picked Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Which will never see the light of YouTube, by the way. What? That video, that podcast. Oh, I know. Had a little bit of an error. Yeah, a little bit of a malfunction. Wardrobe malfunction. We've had some issues with monitoring outputs. Yeah. It's really technical. It is. Um. Anyway, so they agreed with me, and they sent us a message on Facebook Messenger and saying, it was uh, Miss Fry, Erica Fry, E. Fry. She's a avid listener, first-time caller, and she agreed with me. And I was, like, dumbfounded by this because most people <laughs> do not agree with the majority of my picks. They're normally siding with you because you're normal and I'm not. And uh, I was like, yes. Like, everything she explained on why she picked it, I completely agreed. It is wholeheartedly e- an easier movie for the majority of like non-comic book people to watch, I think. Even though it's a, still a comic booky movie, I think the family at, like take of that movie is um I don't know, people can relate to it a lot better, I think, than you know, a kid going into outer space in the first movie. Um, and I am so happy to find out that people agree with me finally. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> people did not like a lot of your other picks, like Predator 2. It's only Predator 2. That's the only pick I've ever, <laughs> I, or not ever, but that I got backlash on on the Top 90s. 10 90s movies. Yeah, the action movies for 90s. I And I, I said that when I was picking it. I was like, a lot of people won't like this pick. A lot of people don't even like this movie. I said, but for me... It's a movie I love and I come back to and I watch it because Danny Glover's super sweaty and getting after it in that movie. And Predator is awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. Those two Predator movies are by far better than any other Predator movie that ever came after. And even most of the alien stuff that came after. Well, I had somebody disagree with one of my picks hard. Really? Um yeah, so when we're talking about the T-shirts, the guy that makes our T-shirts, Paul, oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Waters, third degree design and apparel, Morris, Illinois. That's where you need to go for your all your T-shirt needs. Shout Absolutely. out, third degree design and apparel. Um, he is a bit of a nerd himself. I love it. Although he wouldn't use that term for himself, but he, he would just is say a regular person that watches a lot of stuff. He is an aficionado on all things '80s movies. 
He is huge in the movies. Oh, really? But specifically, he is a hard, hard, hardcore horror fan. Oh. 70s and 80s horror. Anything after the 90s is garbage, according to him. And today, he was showing me pictures of his basement, which he has outfitted as a arcade with like 15 different arcade games. Uh, like the stand-up arcades. Yeah. Yeah. A theater, a, a theater room and everything. Wow. And on the one wall, he's got six or eight of the plastic changeable poster frames, posters, and he really? collects movie posters. He's got hundreds of them, originals, about anything you can imagine. Some of them worth hundreds, some That's of them worth awesome. thousands. And every month, he rotates it and makes a new theme. So like this month, he'll have Jaws as his theme of all the Jaws movies. Next month, it might be uh, Friday the 13th. Next month, it might be Star Trek. He's a huge Star Trek fan. Next month, it might be that's horror. 80s comedies, like Airplane and, and Stripes yeah. and all these movies. Yeah. And he has all these posters. And then he has the regular posters and also the, like the thin posters that they have at the movie theaters. Sure. He has all of those. And then on the one whole other wall, he's got all his toys like uh, in packages, like mostly horror related, but he's got other things too. And he collects all that. And so he takes pictures. And I said, hey, when you change that out every month, take pictures and we'll do like a little blog article and we'll keep up with like what right. Because what you're doing. why would you do that if you don't want to show it off? It's cool to spend time to think of what your theme is going to be this month for your movie theater in your basement. Yes. Like that's And nobody awesome. gets to see it or love it as much as he does. There's so many other people out there. Well, I'm sure he has a can, lot of friends that come over and stuff and whatever. Yeah, but, I know, but why wouldn't you want other people to see what you love, you right. know, and love it just as much as you do? So, when I started telling him that we did top 80s action movies, he was like super pissed because he wanted to be on the show to do it and oh, he that would be fun way more of an expert than me and you combined will ever be yeah um he would love to come on and do one on horror movies and i told him well we're not that big into horror movies but well, david timmons is asked to be on for horror movies too yeah but i mean maybe it's good to have somebody in that is an expert to school us yeah with their top 10 so i i think we're gonna do that he'll probably have to do it over skype because okay um, I don't know. I'll see if we can get him to come in. But he really is interested and he really wants to do it. So I was telling him some of our picks for the 80s action movies. And uh, I mean, he said bar none, 80s action movies, Aliens is number one. It's the greatest action movie ever made, according to him. And then I said, what about T2? And he said, no, T2 is the greatest action movie ever made. But anyway, that's not <laughs> an 80s movie. And I, he said, you didn't pick Aliens as number one? What did you pick? And I told him First Blood. And yeah. he said, that's not an action movie. He said, that's a drama. And I can't disagree I with him, really. I think he's kind of right with that. It is a drama. And I said, but that's I mean, why I picked it, because it's an action movie with nuance. But he 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 said uh, he liked uh, First Blood Part 2 better than First Blood, which I don't even really remember Part 2 very much. I mean, I remember Part 2, but I, the whole part reason... Part 2, he that's, goes back to like Vietnam or whatever. Yeah, it, it is a, a, a full-blown action movie. So in the way of action, yes, I guess it would be better. But with the nuance that we were talking about, which I agree with, I just really like First Blood better because of that, like the heart that was in it. And right. I mean, we we talked about it in the show, but I don't know. It just resonated more with me than Part 2 does. Even though we were talking action movies, I still consider First Blood being an action movie. I mean, there is clear action in it, especially towards the end. Right. So... Um, I don't know. I guess it 
it is a drama, but I would still classify it as an action. Yeah, I, I don't really qualify classify it as a drama by any means, but um, it, parts of it. Yeah, but the whole the movie as a whole is not. Well, anyway, so he wants to be on do well. Do, we would do horror movies or some genre of eighties movies. He's picking the eighties stuff, um, but he also has a booth at the horror con that's in August. I can't remember what it's called. Um, mm. If it happens this year, I figured me and you could go up there. Sure. And hang out with him at his booth a little bit. He sells stuff at his booth. He makes T-shirts or whatever. Right. Um, so that would be cool. Also, we were talking about this. Uh, you had sent me the drive-in movie theater in Dixon is doing no, Evil Craig, Dead. Craig, Craig did. Uh, put it on our Evil Dead 1, 2, page. and Army of Darkness, and Bruce Campbell's going to be there. It's com- It's put on by the same company that does the horror con that he goes to in August. Oh, really? So... Um, we'll see if we can get around to do that. That would be cool. That would be cool to go to. Yeah, it would be fun. So, because you have the opportunity to take a VIP picture with him, but with a deadite in between us. Oh, really? Yeah. So like basically a zombie like would stand in between you, um, to keep social social distance. distance. Yeah. Well, it's probably already sold out, but Yeah. Probably. I mean, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, you never know. So that would be cool to do, and we'll have him, uh, Paul, on here sometime to do that. That'd be great. Uh, but D- David Timmons, active listener, uh, no-time caller, is uh, well, is going to be super jelly about that. Super jelly. He's asked me about four times to be on the show for horror movies, specifically for so horror is, movies. So is Paul. We're going to have to have them fight each other. Does David have an entire movie thing in his basement with post original posters with like tens of thousands of dollars of original horror movie merchandise? Well, I don't know about the merchandise part, but he has a theater uh, in a barn and in his garage with thousands of dollars of horror movies. He does have posters. I don't know about the merchandise, though. We'll have to. We'll I have mean, to, it's close. We'll have to add it. We'll have <laughs> to add it all up. It is close. We're gonna have to add up and then have them thumb war. He was telling me this story today about how he went to a garage sale, mm-hmm. and this lady had like the whole um, Darth Vader playset from like the seventies. Oh my! Complete gosh. with like all the figures: Darth Vader, Obi Wan Kenobi, the Jawas, everything, and nothing. Nobody is like the Death Star set. Yeah, and nothing was For missing. Five bucks. Fifteen bucks. <laughs> He got it? Yep. Holy crap. Where'd he find that at? I don't know, some garage sale. And then he's got the whole like collectible set of all like the Friday the 13th um, sideshow collectibles, like masks and statues. I find it so crazy that people find these type of things at garage sales. It, I never find anything I, at a garage I, sale. I like hold out so much hope when I go to a garage sale that I'm going to find something good or, or find this like hidden treasure, right? And I go there and it's like baby clothes and <laughs> well, we don't, you probably don't go to a lot. And I, I guess, yeah, I'm just not hitting the, the hot pockets, you know, the hot pocket areas of garage sale them. No, I just don't know where you go for these things. You got to find the really obscure house with the obscure people. You got to spend front. all of your time going to garage sales, basically. Or a, like a 90 year old woman's house. Oh, you know what he was doing for next week for his poster collection he wanted to do he's got both the original posters from batman both of tim burton's batmans and he wanted to bring in some other like comic book movies and i said but like of that vintage and i said well do you have uh 
I said, do you have a Swamp Thing poster? And he said, yeah, I got an original Swamp Thing poster. And then I was telling him how big of oh, fans we were, and he's a huge fan of Swamp Thing. Never read any of the comics, but the movie. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, well, you should do Batman's Swamp Thing, and then you could do, I don't know if he said he had an original Superman from one of the Superman movies. And then I said, you know, you could get like Blade, if you had a Blade one. Unless, of course, he would want to part with that Swamp Thing poster. I don't know. I could ask him. Yeah. For I know where there's an original one hanging on the wall of a defunct um, hotel. Really? Pheasant Run. <laughs> when I was just there, before they closed permanently, they have a little arcade called The Swamp. Yeah, The Swamp. And on the wall, they have a Swamp Thing movie poster. Really? Yeah. I wonder if I could and get I that And I should have just taken it because just took they it were the closing wall. the day after we left permanently. I just had to use a gift card. Because we somebody gave us a gift card for Pheasant Run, right? Like years ago, and we never used it. Long time ago. And then found out, hey, they're closing. So we went up there for the weekend, just basically used the pool. It was horrible. Nobody yeah. was there. Yeah. It was gross. But I well, should, yeah, they obviously weren't taking care of the place when they were closing. No, everything the next day. was closed. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get in contact with those people and see if I can get their poster. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people hanging out there. Never know. You <laughs> never know. All right. Um, news? You got any news? Yes, I do have a, a little bit of news here. So posted about it today on social media, but a new game trailer was posted for a Star Wars game. You know what that was? Yes, I saw that. Star Wars Squadrons. I haven't seen the trailer yet. It's a good one. Looks I good. mean... Is it a f- uh, fighting, flying absolutely. fighter game? X-Wings. Like Rogue Squadron? TIE Fighters. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter? X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. You can have that in this game. You are the pilot. I have. It's Pilots been so wanted. long since I've even seen like an aerial combat game. They don't make them anymore. They really don't. This isn't really aerial, though, Chris. It's uh, more, you know, spatial. Yeah, spatial. Spatial. I mean, Star Wars kind of dominated that one for a while. There were a couple like fighter jet games that I used to play. Ace Combat. Yeah, stuff like that. But I used to play it all the time. For the most part, the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter games, and then like there was um, a Naboo fighter game. I can't remember what it was called. I don't know that one. It was for N64, and it was... Naboo? Like on Naboo? No. Well, it was those... You know, remember those yellow fighters? Yeah. I think it was called Jedi Starfighter. It could have been. Um. I don't I don't remember that game. I never played it, but yeah, it, it Yes, it was called Jedi Starfighter. It I just believe. doesn't happen anymore that they make, you know, fighter pilot games. And people apparently don't want to fly planes and dogfight. Yeah, like, but they do want like, to with, What was like the original? It was the Star Fox, right? Star, Star Fox, Fox was yes. Big. I mean, I'm sure there was ones before that, but that that was the first one I can remember that was like 3D you right, were in the flying. 3D dimensional world. Yes. There were the, the old arcade games with the B2 bombers or whatever it was. Yep. Those were fun too. But They are fun, but the, it's not the it's same. Not I mean, the it's same. not even close to being the same thing. But this Star Fox was good. is obviously the graphics of it look incredible. Obviously, they're going to release it on PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One X. I bet that's going to be hard. Um, I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah. It, nothing about the trailer really blew me away per se except for the fact that we are getting an up-to-date game of like fighting and i've always loved um all of the ships in star wars everybody wants to swing a, a lightsaber around which is great and you want to use the force which is great 
But the majority of the battles in Star Wars are in fighter planes or spaceships, whatever, fighter ships. Right. Uh, and you don't really ever get to do that. Very small snippets you get to do. I remember in um, there was Rogue Squadron, Nintendo 64 Rogue Squadron. Like you got to do a lot in that game. And I remember loving it because like in the very, in the second level, you got to be in a, a snow speeder, right? Snow speeder. I don't remember. Where uh, Luke is flying. I think it's a snow speeder and you shoot the harpoon out like with the toe. Oh line. yeah. 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 Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that an A-wing? I don't remember what it was called. I thought it was called a snow speeder. Yeah, probably snow speeder. Yeah, it is a snow speeder. Yeah, That's right. It looks like an A-wing. But it yeah. does kind of, but he flies around in circles, looping this cable around. It's a T-47 air speeder modified to be snow speeders on Hoth. There you go. Flies around this AT-AT's legs. Is it AT-AT or AT-AT? I never it's have. It's a battle, right? I've never Some ever said Some people say AT-AT. one way. Some people say another it's way. It's AT-AT. You say it by the, the letters. I don't know. I always said AT-AT. I mean, like, you know, I drove an ASV. It stands for Armored Security Vehicle, but you didn't say ASV. Do you know what ADAT stands for? Um, I, I do. All-Terrain Armored Transport. Right, but you just don't say ADAT. Nobody says that. That whole sequence... So aggravating. The, the whole thing about ADATs makes no sense. It really doesn't. It is it the just... worst, like, four-legged assault vehicles... Make no sense, first off. I get that you could, like, they were so big you could, like, step over stuff. Mm -hmm. But they have the technology for hover, hovering, right? Yeah. So it makes no sense. Second off, they're so slow. Right. Why don't they fly something? If they make it faster. If they have the capability to build that, why can't they just build, like, a fast armored tank that hovers, that doesn't have to walk? Yep. Or just a ship. Why don't they just fly a ship inside... Uh, why don't they just drop the ADAT right on top of the power generator? From a ship. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. No, none of it does. Like, why were they marching into a place? It's just... Hey, let's set these slow-moving assault vehicles way over there. (laughs) And have them walk to where you can see them still miles away. Painfully slowly, by the way. (laughs) Just walk, walk, walk. It just builds the... Does tension. build a suspense, and that is a great scene. It's incredible. It's I would also love a it. vehicle that makes no sense. You're right, and it has really, no, really no place in the Star Wars galaxy. And it's had no other place in the Star Wars galaxy except for Rogue One, right? Um, well, they they're in like uh, Rebels and Clone Wars quite a bit, or Rebels, Rebels, Rebels. They're not in Clone Wars. No, much. Clone Clone Wars has like their own little version. Because this is before any of those were created. Yeah, but in the Clone Wars, they the Clone Army, the Republic Army, has like a little kind of a mini four-legged or maybe even six-legged okay. like walking assault vehicle. Um, I can't remember what they're called. In AT&T. Um, NT&T. I'll look it up. But. AT&T and TNT, right? Republic. Assault. It makes sense to have three A's and three T's. And then they had the um, the little ones with the two legs. Yeah, ATST. ATSTs. Do you those, say at? No, but those really made no sense. 
I mean, I think those w- make way well, more sense than an AT, AT. Like you could assault things with those. And, and they're those, smaller and faster and more nimble and less cumbersome. Very lethal. But they, they fall over so easily. They do, but they also create so much damage. There's a great scene in, in Rebels where from a distance they're like pinned down trying to get out of onto a landing platform so they can get picked up. But on the outside there's an ATST that is firing them, pinning them out from running onto this platform. And it's as, and just a, like Mandalorian. And Ezra uses the force from a far distance away to Jedi mind trick. The guy the inside. Guy, the guy inside. And he turns it and he starts blasting all the stormtroopers and blasting the other uh, vehicles that are causing a problem. Wow. And then walks it off the landing platform Spoilers. into the abyss. Oh my gosh. It's great. But I think th- there's a very similar scene in Mandalorian season one where they go up in a- against like just one ATST and they make it. It's fearsome. They yeah. make it very like intense and scary to have to go up against something like that. I don't feel like you've ever gotten the, um, like the weight of one of them coming down on a village before until then. Yeah. And you got to figure, okay, the, the Republic one, they were six legged. They're called the all-terrain tactical enforcer. So, so it A-T-T-E. is a T E a T and T E. Wow. You were actually really close. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the, uh, possibly a lot of the idea behind them is because they're they have like anti ship weapons too, like right. on top of ground. Yeah, it's so devastating and when they troop, shoot at you. And they're also troop transports at the same time. So right. how do they get out of them? I don't know, but I also you know because the hover tanks that the droid army used made a lot more sense. They to made me. <laughs> way more sense. You're exactly right. No, they really do. But those seem to crash very easily as well. Yeah. That's true. Like everything about them seemed to crash. Yeah, they never worked. Very they well. dug into the earth very well whenever they leaned. Yeah, to they one lean size. on one side. Yep, that's true. And immediately digs into the earth and I, everyone dies. I also like those little, um, those little assault, those transport ships that the clone army used with like the wings that kind of point down. You, they clearly are supposed to be like Huey helicopters. Where, but they fold their wings up before they land, right? No, no, that that's a imperial shuttle. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, uh, I'm talking about when it was a clone army. They okay. had those troop transport. They had big open doors on the sides. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yoda hung out the side yes, of one of them. Yes, yes. I always like those two. Yeah, those are awesome. It is clearly like a Black Hawk Huey yeah, type. That's the vehicle you would use instead of any of the walking vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Just use no, those. No, you're right. <laughs> and they had those before any of these wars happened. <laughs> right. With the ATST or the ATAT. Yeah. That's funny. Anyway, so Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, speaking of that, <laughs> there are, you can in Battlegrounds, Star Wars Battlefront, sorry. Yes. Battlefront 2. You can, there are missions that you can fly. Yes. I do remember that. I think you fly the Millennium Falcon in one of them. There are ones on the speeders. Yep. Um, and there might be one in a TIE fighter too. I don't remember the TIE Fighter, but and I do fun. remember the speeders. They're really good. It is fun. It's always been the like my most favorite part of any game is when you get to fly something. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like You guys need to go check out our social media and get on that post and, and watch that trailer. It's real good. Real good. It's it looks real, real good. Real and nice. I, I tell you what, Chris. I checked out this whole PS5, and then I started looking into the Xbox One X. It's pretty sweet. Deal. 
both of them are really sweet. The PS5 looks awesome. It looks a lot thinner, obviously. So I also saw a meme that said, do you want, so which one do you guys want? The Xbox mini fridge or the PS Wi-Fi router? I mean, I don't care and what how big they are. Yeah, I really don't know. It makes no difference to me. If the PS5 is small enough that you could mount it on the back of your TV, like you can like a firebox. I don't think, I think it's too wide for that. Okay. Because like a Roku box. It's way bigger than that. Okay. I mean, it's it's probably at least as big as my computer, and then it like flares out at the top. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then the the that. Xbox is literally a large rectangle that stands a foot tall. Ooh, that is big. It's a square. Oh, that would fit in my entertainment center. It's very tall. I think you can lay them sideways. I don't see why you couldn't. But the way they're advertising them is standing up and down. Oh, I see. Okay, and it's like a. At least like a, I mean, this is a complete guess. I haven't looked at the dimensions, but it looks like six by six or five by five cube, but long. Hmm. What would that be called? And that's the Xbox One X? Yes. Isn't that what I have already? No, you have a One S, I'm assuming. No, I have a something X. One S X. Xbox One X is what I have. That's not what the new one is. Um, I think it's just Xbox X. X. That seems they, like a bad idea. See, I've always thought it was a bad idea because I've been screwing it Xbox up. Xbox Series X. That's so stupid. Compared to the Xbox One X. That's so stupid. Who thought of this? And it does look like a... Mini fridge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how big it is. I can't tell from this picture. It looks but big in the picture. It's though. cool looking. Yeah, it's But fine. how is that going to fit in people's entertainment centers? It's really not going to. I don't want to set it up on top. I'll probably just suspend it from ropes from the ceiling. That makes just sense. Just to hang down as like a art piece yeah you know like on abstract a remote winch so it actually hides up in the ceiling and then you hit a button and well that'd be awesome down. there's no reason for it to drop down other than to look at it's true so, so i'll probably have like different length of wire rope holding it at an, a weird angle because it would be abstract then you know so um they have a couple games they've announced for that too halo infinite yeah, I love it. Um, not huge. I've always been a huge one that look fan. does look cool it's is uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah, it does. Keanu Reeves is in that. Um, they're launching with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any of these are exclusive or not, but um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, whatever that means. Destiny 2, that's an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. Destiny, yes, yeah. Um, Yakuza, like a dragon. Oh, you got to watch out for them, Yakuza. Uh, Those guys are nuts. The Ascent, Call of the Sea, Gears of War 5. Gears of War is also Xbox exclusive. Metal, Hellslinger. I don't know what that is. It sounds so, cool, though. It's metal. a Hellslinger that slings metal. I want, I, <laughs> it's made of metal and slings hell well, at you. It's bad. Either way, you don't want to be slung at by... A slinger. Metal Hell Slinger is Demons Demons Revolution, whatever that means. Dance Dance Revolution. It's a first person rhythm game. What? A first person rhythm game. I, I don't know what to say about it. It's it's a demon game with a first person rhythm game is what it says. So it's like Dance Dance Revolution, but slaying but demons. Demons in a rhythm. Oh, so man. you got to check you got to find the rhythm as you're slashing demons. 
Uh, a game where the music is just as important as the visuals, with an obviously heavy metal soundtrack created Ooh, by artists like Matt Heffy and Trivium, Bjorn, my favorite band, Bjorn Strid. Don't care who he is, but Matt Heffy is the lead singer of Trivium. It will be the most metal game ever. You take the role as the unknown, half demon, half man. The unknown seeks to fight their way through the eight layers of hell. There's technically nine, but the first one is Limbo. And it would not be appropriate for the hero to be killing unbaptized babies and virtuous pagans. <laughs> um, the, vir- the gameplay is first-person shooter, which incorporates rhythm into the flow of the gameplay. Similar to Curse of the Necromancer, you get a beat streak as you go. The better you are at shooting to the beat, the more damage you do and the more intense the music becomes. Could you imagine playing a game like that on psychedelics? <laughs> oh my gosh. Especially if there's double bass involved. Oh man. If it's metal music, there's some serious double bass. I and some don't see myself getting that. I, I feel like I need it now. I don't like demon games myself, but demon. if it's got metal involved. Do you ever play Diablo? I have played Diablo. I love that game. It's intense. It's so That was fun. a big time PC game. Big time. That's where I played it. I think uh, good old Pagoda played that game a lot. A lot of pillaging and a lot of, uh, not pillaging. Fire. Not pillaging, but like looting. A lot of loot. It's a loot-based game. Sounds like a good topic to bring up in this time frame. <laughs> um, <laughs> rating. A lot of rating. Oh, okay. Like of a Lost Ark? Yeah. Something like that. That's a good one. So, um, yeah, it looks awesome. I, also, there was a trailer for the new Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales game. It's a pretty basic trailer, but it looks really cool. Yeah, I think it's like a teaser, though. Yeah. It's not the like the main trailer yeah, of really the game. And that's now. coming on PS5, and I don't know. I really want a new gaming system because what I want to do is give my Xbox, which you know, is an original Xbox One. So, so a paperweight. It's huge. Yeah, but I would like... The boys play uh, Fortnite on it. That's basically all it's used for, Um, except for my farming simulator. I do play a little farming simulator once in a while. And I want to just give that to them and let them use that. And then I get a newer console where they don't get to touch it or look at it or breathe by it. Yeah. And it's all mine. I just really want that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 because it was made by the Witcher 3 team. That's incredible. It's going to be cool. And it's going to be Microsoft, Xbox. I, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's exclusive. Or I don't not. know if it's, ex- I guess I don't know if it's exclusive. I thought it was. Well, Witcher wasn't. It is exclusive. It's also coming out for Xbox One, too. It might even be out. Is it out? No, I don't think it's been released yet. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, that was a long um, talk about Star Wars. September 17th, 2020 for Xbox One. It's using the new smart delivery system. What's that? Is that all digital? I don't. Well, yes. So you can buy. Let's buy a game for the Xbox One. With a Series X copy automatically included, if you upgrade your console later, they will feed the console the appropriate version of the game. There you go. That's, that's a good nice. idea. Yeah, that's that really is a good, good idea. There's always been an issue because with backwards know, compatibility. Yeah, and they all know that kind of stuff. if everybody knows the new console is coming out in two months, 
Nobody's yeah, you want buy the game. You don't want to buy the game if you can't put it on the new console. The there was a big thing that I noticed with the PS5 too is that you can buy the PS5 or the PS5 digital. So the PS5 comes with a CD slot in the front. The PS5 digital obviously does not. Why would you not buy it with the slot? Why would you? I don't know. I still buy them. I games. thought the exact opposite because everything I've bought so far with games in the last two years has been all digital. I've downloaded them. It's not a bad way to go. No, it's very simple and easy and better because every disc that has entered my house in the last eight years has been destroyed destroyed. by a child of some sort. I'll tell you what, we have about 20 Switch games, and I wish we didn't because those Those little little tiny things get lost. They're like little SD cards, yeah. Yeah, I've been lucky because I think we've got like three. So they've kept them fine. We have a case. They put them in the little case things. And it's only because I think I've put like the fear of God in them because I really hammered them about putting the games away. Yeah. And making sure they go back in their little card holder and that card holder goes in the, um, in the case. It just, I really hammered them about it because we're spending this money on a game that they want. Quit ruining everything, you know. Jeez, like, kids, quit oh ruining gosh, everything, quit making everything so terrible. Right. Because they couldn't play those. You can't play them without putting the disc, the, the little know, game in. It's annoying, and I didn't want to have the. It really doesn't make any sense why that has to be that way. No, it you. I could see if you have to put it in to download it to the, the system itself, but why you have to have them in to play the game anymore is that kind makes of, no sense. Yeah. Strange. If you buy the game, it should come with a digital unlock code. Wouldn't you think? And that way, it's just like a Blu-ray. You know, you buy the Blu-ray, but you're really downloading the. You know, Nintendo's working in the '90s still, even though their system is amazing, just like me, and the games are amazing. (laughs) Still living in the '90s. The game itself. I'm surprised they don't have to pull that little card out and do this. Yeah. To get it to work, because that's what I had to do with N64 all the time. Yeah. And Nintendo, the original Nintendo. Just did it the other day. Uh, so next little bit of news. So the the Witcher Season 2 is obviously going to happen. Um, they've already got like filming dates set up, ready to go. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, and what, I recently found out that some people didn't like The Witcher. Here's why. That's insane to me. It was so good. Here's why. I was just going to comment on this. So some people didn't like The Witcher, but Season 2 has confirmed confirmed that it's a single timeline. This has been the massive complaint of a lot of people that didn't like it. Is oh, that okay. there was, so it's just the story going forward. Yes. So there was jumping back and forth of timelines of multiple people. And, I thought it was that was cool. I did too, but a lot of people didn't couldn't keep up with that or didn't enjoy it. Amy didn't enjoy that part of it as much because it was jumping around so much it got confusing. And I would agree that it did in the beginning because it took me four episodes to realize. And it did you because we talked about this. Yeah, absolutely. Because you didn't have any idea that was going to happen. You didn't even know that it was happening at the time. You had no idea that it was going back and forth back and forth in timelines. Had we read the books or known about the books, uh, like what had happened in the books prior to this, like dude did, um, you would probably pick up on that and know we, we did not. Um, we were just lucky enough to understand the show. A lot of people were not that way and did not understand it. And it came off kind of strange. So I think it does take away a lot from the story. If you don't get, how all of this mixed together because you think it's all in the same timeline. 
Right. You know, when it, when it clearly was not. And then coming up to the end of the season, I I could see where it just was so confusing. There's no need for that in the season two. The idea behind that in the season one was to establish a lot of backstory. Correct. There is no need for it for season two, which is obviously why they're doing it. But they're also putting out this huge statement saying, listen up, Witcher season two is a single timeline. Come back, people. Yes. I think it was a huge show. People are going to come back and watch it no matter what. But I think they want to pull in those stragglers that were on the fence about it. I don't think it was huge at first. I think it was one of those that built over time. Social media built it up. Because even me at first, who was excited about the show, um, it wasn't one that I was like, well, I guess I did watch it right away. No, I remember me telling you about it, right? I knew it, we knew it was coming. I don't remember if I watched it right away or not. I started watching it, and then I said, man. And then Dude came on, and we both told you, like, man, you got to get into the yeah, show. I, and then you, right. you ended up surpassing me yes, that's in right. it because I stalled out, like, right in the middle for some reason. I, I couldn't watch the last, like, three or four episodes. Yeah. And you ended up watching it and finishing oh, I, it for I binged me. the hell out of that yeah. real fast because it's... So good. Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, a valley of plenty. Oh, valley of plenty. Next bit of news. Next. Um, here's one that I don't want to care about, but there's a little piece of me, and I think there is in you, and I think there is in uh, a Mr. Seedentop that does care about these things because we watch them and we comment on them. For no other reason than to mostly criticize, okay. which is sad. But it's about the Oscars. Oh, yeah. So the Oscars has, has delayed them, the show until April of next year. Wait, isn't it in like February usually? It's like late January, early February. They delayed themselves till April. But what they did along with delaying themselves has extended the eligibility period of movies. Interesting. Which I think is a kind of a big deal to you know, that world yeah. of people. Um, but like I said, I, I read that and I was like, I don't want to care about this. <laughs> like this means nothing in my everyday life. Yeah. Really but for know. some reason, Especially every year I watch the Oscars. Celebrities are too. They are the worst. Yeah. Every year I watch it to see if there's going to be a train wreck and also to see if what I think is going to be best picture, best actor, best, best actress, best supporting actor, all of these things, like I wait to see if that's going to be, you know, I still have come true. And, um, I still haven't seen this year's best picture, which everybody agrees across the board. Yeah. Parasite is an amazing movie. It's a Korean film. And people right? that I have heard that have watched it have said it's an incredible movie. I just haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. I guess I should watch it. Who, who has been talking about it besides the Academy? Uh, all the podcasts I listen to, everybody oh. is saying, saying how amazing it is. All the guests, people on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, really? Mark Bernard and Kevin Smith, all those people. Hmm. But then I've talked to other people that I know that have watched it that have said it's really good too. So I'm excited to see it. I mean, I guess I should watch it too. Every little clip I've seen of it, it seemed very strange. Yeah, I have no idea what it's even about. I, I don't I have either. Literally I, no idea. I, I honestly don't either, but I saw some I watch clips movies late at night and no I like I personally like watching subtitled movies. It doesn't bother me at all. But I don't like watching them at eleven o'clock at night when I watch most of the movies I right. watch. That, so. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work at eleven o'clock. Um 
Next little bit of news I got. I got two more little news articles. Do you have any? Yeah, I got a couple. Okay. Um, one that I have is about Indiana Jones 5. Ooh, so, I want to hear it. Yeah, they they have planned Indiana Jones 5, and they brought on a writer for Indiana Jones 5, and that writer dropped out. So then they brought on another writer for Indiana Jones 5, and it ended up that that writer dropped out. And now, so they brought on a third writer for Indiana Jones 5, and... And... They have now dropped out. Oh, so nothing's movie. going on. So nothing's going on. They keep losing writers, and that seems very discouraging. I don't know. What I mean, they're releasing that might just happen. What they're releasing about the third writer that has dropped out for Indiana Jones Five is that there are creative differences and COVID issues. Right. Which is an easy. Like maybe there is, maybe they have, but you can write. a respiratory thing. But see, this is a big movie, so most likely they're going to use a room of some port. Some, it's not going to be a right. It's a writing room with multiple people, like a series. Well, I wouldn't. Know if, I don't know if they'd use a writing room, but at least a team. A lot of these movies have teams. Uh, That's what I mean. You get a writers' room together. They brainstorm. They go off on their own. Write certain segments of the movie. Come back together. Put it together right. as a one cohesive film. Especially on big that. studio movies like that, where they want to get a wide berth of perspective. Yeah, but not, it just and not take risk. That's what happened with Star Wars. They had like teams of different people. Writing and, and I putting think their that's a pretty in. big issue. Oh, it was a problem. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And it scares me that they go this route on these type of movies because I feel like you need one mind. I, I really do feel like you need one uh, mind that goes from start to finish to get the. As long across. as that mind isn't J.J. Abrams, I'm good to go. Yeah, or uh, yes, if it's Steven Spielberg, I'd be fine. He's not a writer, though. He's a director. He could be. I don't think he writes. Movies. I thought he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's written stuff. Pretty sure Steven Spielberg is, you're already typing. Go for it. <laughs> I was getting ready to do the same thing, but I'm positive he's written stuff. I don't know. I think he's mostly a director. Mm, I don't know about that. And producer. Definite producer. I know that, but I'm sure he's written stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Oh. It's hey, not worth looking up. Hey, by the way, thanks, Texas, for listening to our show. You guys are still coming through. Texas. Big time. Everything's bigger in Texas. Deep including in, something like deep in the heart of Texas. I don't know. Amarillo by morning. But, up in um, San Antonio. Down to San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Down to San Antonio. Um, I was Everything in Fort Bliss, Texas I, for a while. My brother's in Fort Bliss, Texas, uh, as of next week. Wow. And that's he never got on the podcast. Back in the... That's, he was that's, supposed to be coming on. He was, but we're going to have to wait until next week. And what April. were we going to talk about? Um, he has a reoccurring character he wants to bring on. Ooh, this is exciting He's to me. very good at voices and creating new characters just randomly with his voice. Nice. And he has a uh, an Italian mob boss type guy that he wants to bring on. I like it. And it's... It's pretty good. It's more. It's like a Joe Pesci type character. Nice. That's man, incredible. Steven Spielberg has written four movies. So he's a writer. Career. Yes, uh, he wrote Firelight in 1964. Oh, loved it. Amateur film. Uh, he wrote Poltergeist. Well, that's kind of a big deal. He did not direct it. He just wrote it. He wrote AI artificial intelligence. That's it. That's only three. 
No, four. Fire, firelight, oh. close. Oh, did I say close encounters of the third kind? No, you skipped over that one. <laughs> he wrote that too. He That's kind directed of a, that. Close encounters of the third kind and poltergeist are two movies that if anyone were to write and get credit for in a very crappy career. Yeah, I'm would just be saying, of all the movies career. he's made, which is a bajillion, those are the only ones he's written. The only movie that he has written, produced, and directed, AI, artificial intelligence. Wow, and that wasn't that great. No, it was not. I didn't realize he directed Ready Player One. That I didn't was, That was a good movie. I never watched it. You are terrible. Did you I, read the book? I absolutely read okay. the book. Well, then you don't need to watch it. Well, that's what I keep hearing, and yeah. that's why I didn't. The book is, is like, so much better. I know people always say that. The book is better. I just, but I that heard, is a specific instance. But they skipped a lot of stuff. They skipped everything, and they didn't get the IP for a lot of stuff. That's the issue. Is that this an, movie would be so hard to make because it has so many characters. They, they, they did get IP for a lot of stuff, but no Iron not Giant everything. was in it. Not. Um, I saw him in the trailer. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. All right, uh, so Indiana Jones is uh, crumbling. Last one. This isn't much news. Being squished by a boulder. It is. It is being squished by a boulder. Which Um, is flung by a bowler. Yeah. Yep, a large one. Large bowler, boulder. 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 um, Artemis Fowl. You talked about this on the last movie, how it's getting I haven't watched it yet. It's It's getting bad. Uh, reviews, you know, by the critics and whatnot. And you said Artemis Fowl is... Most foul. Most foul, right. Turns out that's exactly correct. Oh, really? Because the Rotten Tomato reviews for, like, people right now, not just critics, is at a whopping 9%. Oh, wow. Are so, you going to watch it? No. You're not I mean, going to watch it? It's free on Disney+. Plus. Maybe I will, but... I never followed any of the books or anything like that. No, I have like no that, idea so. what it's about. I don't even know what it's about. So I, I know it's about a kid supervillain, right? Yeah, it sounds really interesting because the main character is actually a kid villain. I'm going to watch it. And he, everything they talked about from the books, like when they were running down what the books were about, sounded very interesting to me. And I think it was a really cool take on a YA character, like a different take on a, a, a YA book series where... um kids are getting you know the opposite side of the coin rather than always seeing the heroes or the underdogs or whatnot you're getting to see the person on the other side where they're actually a villain and choose to do bad things um and choose you know to do the opposite of these superheroes and there's reasons behind that you know and they explain it so there's you know, a good set of reasons as to why this person is doing that. Not just to say like, I'm doing bad because we should all do bad. Obviously that's not a good thing for young adults to read, but it sounded really intriguing to me when I read about the books, the movie, on the other hand, apparently it, why people are rating it so terribly is that it's flipping that. So he starts out as this young villain for a reason, but then flips the coin and starts to become good. Okay. And they're saying that is not the character. This is not the books. Why are you doing that? Like you're you're specifically going the opposite direction. Well, than maybe, everything in the books have done. Well, maybe we'll like it more without having a history of the books because Possibly. we don't have to be mired down in that. Possibly, and you would assume that about a lot of people. And the ratings are still at a nine percent. Maybe it's getting bombed. You know, 
ratings bombed like they do because they could put out a huge petition on Reddit for people to to do that, and people on Reddit will just go out and start rating movies terribly because they were told to do so. Right. That could be the case here. I don't know. Um, yeah, probably not. But I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't that's think the so. issue. I don't think it's a very good show. But maybe maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it with the boys. I'll know. watch it. Why it's, not? Is it PG? I'm sure. Yeah. So that's that's the news I got. I'm done. Uh, I just have one thing. The comic book community... Love them. ...has lost one of the greatest writers in the history of comics. Batman. Batman writer, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, Denny O'Neill passed yes. away. I saw this, and I meant to post something 81 about 81 years old, so we had a good run. Yeah, absolutely. Great 81. run. That's a good job. But he is definitely one of the most influential and uh, very prolific comic book writers. Big time. Um, who has a very, very long career. Um, he worked... He's, Worked on everything, DC, Marvel, everybody. But some of his biggest work was on Batman. He was a big Batman writer. Huge. Um, a lot of it was drawn as well by uh, Neil Adams, who's one of the greatest Batman artists. Of We've met him. Um, we saw him. We didn't meet him. We walked up to him. Yes, we did. But we, we literally didn't. walked. I don't think we said hi. Right up to him while he was speaking to another person. But yes, we didn't meet him. We were within social distancing parameters. <laughs> Um, he is, he's worked on everything, like I said, but he's most known for Batman. He created Rachel Ghoul, Talia mm-hmm. Ghoul, um, as well as a whole bunch of other, um, characters. So, you know, he, the question, he worked a lot on the question. Um, I tell you what, that's a book I want to I'd get like into. To get into that a little more. Uh, he did a lot of work on Daredevil, um, when he worked for Marvel and a lot on Green Arrow and Green Lantern. Um, yeah, and he just had a lot of great stuff. I, I was looking at some of his top comics just because I wanted to give people an idea. Um, one that I know we've talked about before based on the cover, and I think I think we even saw it was a Neil Adams cover, and it's considered one of the best Batman stories of all time. Um, it's the one with the playing card, Joker with the playing card with Batman coming yes. out of it. Um, it's called Batman. It's Batman 251, The Joker's Five-Way Revenge, 1973. Uh, O'Neill Adams' partnership culminated with the return of the Joker. Um, and that's really a famous cover and a famous book. Another really famous one that he did was Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and the one where um, Speedy, the sidekick of The Flash, became a heroin addict. This really? This was a, a really famous one. From 71, the drug issue. Green Arrow learns the hard way that it is... I'm sorry, Speedy, Green Arrow. Did I say Flash? Yes. I was thinking Speed. Um, I get it. Green Arrow learns the hard way that his psychic Speedy has fallen into heroin addiction, a seismic shift for the Teen Titans that would forever alter his depiction in the comics. Um, that was a huge deal. Denny O'Neill was big on... He brought darkness back to comics. So before he kind of started in the 60s and 50s and it was light it was kid stuff right and he brought in that whole era of adult themes dark it's comics crazy he brought he ended the batman 66 craze yes with bringing 
the real, real grit and darkness to Batman specifically. Him and, and Neil Adams uh, did a lot of so that he, he's credited with uh, creating thirty nine different characters. Yeah, one of his biggest things was the Rachel Ghoul saga. He did yeah. all of those books where he introduced the character and Rachel Ghoul, Talia Ghoul, Aquarius, Azrael. Yeah, a Batman on Earth two. So he did Batman Earth two, created that whole thing. He did Superman Earth two, um, the Brothers Grimm. Yep. He created that. Calypso, Lady Deathstrike. I mean, he uh, didn't create the Brothers Grimm, but the no, comic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, let's see, Kill Raven, John Stewart, uh, Superman Earth 2, Reaper, Reaper, Benjamin Grunin. But he did, tons of things. He did a lot, a lot of this Green Lantern, Green Arrow team up books. Um, um, which was, I haven't read a lot of them, but people love them. So he did Hard Traveling Heroes, which I think was Flash. And I don't remember who was in that. Um, Green Lantern and Flash, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, all kinds of things. Like I said, he really was one of the first people that ushered in the modern era of comics. I also have a comic. Um, from 1970, Detective Number 404, Ghost of the Killer Skies. I have this comic because I love the cover, and it's uh, Detective Comics. It says Batman and Batgirl, and it's got Batman swooping down in like a 1920s or 1930s biplane fighter plane um, flying in front of him. And I have that. You do? Yeah, I have that because of I love the cover. I, I looked up at one time years ago. I kind of have a list of the best Batman covers that aren't necessarily the most popular books, but just like the coolest Batman covers. Sure. And over the years I've been trying to like get some of those just to have them just because I think they're cool. I agree. Um, And that is one that I did get and do have. So anyway, uh, it's sad to see him go, but 81 years old. um, He wrote a bunch of stuff for the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. He would have done this. 1980. Yeah. I was going to say in the eighties, he did some Spider-Man. He did daredevil in the eighties. Those were yeah, he did uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Annual, um, which was in 1980. Which was both there was two of them, 80 and 81, <clears throat> that he, uh, Frank Miller drew. Yeah, yeah, he was a powerhouse in the industry. He was a, just incredible. What he when did. you think of one of the big names in comics through history, he is on that short list of writers for sure. Absolutely. Um, so. He's also credited as the person who named uh, Optimus Prime. Yeah, I read that too. I just read that now, and that's incredible to me. What th- this man did a lot, and you should all mourn the loss. Well, I the biggest thing for me is ushered in the reality of what comics are now. It brought it from a kids' medium, yes, to it, an it, adult it, medium. He did a yeah. That's a huge change going from the campy type superhero comic to a more adult-esque yeah uh not like story right actual like which is what comics are now books i mean it's even hard they to really find. are it's hard to find a kid's comic now i mean you could find them but the majority of all comics are written for adults i would say for sure i mean there's no doubt about it so even the kiddie books that came out i mean superman was a kiddie book when it came out 
Yeah, it's not anymore. It's not even close to. But that. a kid could pick up a lot of the superhero comics and be fine. It's not like it's X rated or anything. R-rated. No, but some of the stories are they're darker and more adult content. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not going to follow what's going on. They're written for adults, right? It's and he did this. Yeah. So that was sad to hear. That's all I have for the news. Um, I do have some stuff I've been watching. If we want to get into that, unless you've got anything else, I had a couple articles. Here too on no, I, every new movie coming to Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu and HBO this month. But I don't know how interesting it is. Have you uh, vetted? Nope. The <laughs> vetted the uh, article? No, nope, I haven't. I'm just going through. Well, it. look through it a little bit. There's one here that I find interesting. I mean, just skimming some of them. They're older movies that nobody cares about. Uh, Frost Nixon. I'd watch that. Never seen it. I. Heard good things about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that. Like, I don't think it was, like, torn down by anybody. Oh, no, no. No, I think that was a popular movie. Um, Charlie St. Cloud, Baby Mama. Come on, I don't need to see that again. Uh-huh. An Evening with Beverly Luff is one that interests me on Netflix. Why? Because it, it has um, Aubrey it Plaza, net- Jermaine Ooh. Clement, and Craig Robinson. Three I, of, like, my favorite actors. I just really like Aubrey Plaza. I love... She's so dry and, and like, dead inside. And I love Craig Robinson and Jermaine Clement. Who's who's that guy? He's the guy from Flight of the Concords. Oh, the guy with the glasses? And he's the crab in Moana. He is the crab in Moana. And he's in... I've Mo- never known who that was, and I've never looked it up, but... And What We Do in the Shadows, he's in that. Never seen it. That's, know, a, that's the movie's good, um, but I started watching what we do in the shadows, the TV series, which is on FX. It's funny. Is it good? I like it. We have talked about it on the show, but I I didn't know any, either one of us had watched it. So, an evening with Beverly Luff is an American British crime comedy following an unhappy married couple whose relationship takes a turn for the worse when a strange man from the wife's past visits town to perform an event. That's all it says. Wow. Um, available June 17th, so tomorrow, or Wednesday. Um, Crawl is a new show on Amazon Prime. One of 2019's best thriller hits. Oh, no, it's from 2019. I don't know what that's about. Um, oh, that's about alligators. Like, evil. it's a horror movie about alligators. Never mind. Uh, Pan, not interested. That, there's not really a lot here, to be honest. But that one caught my eye is the only reason I was looking at this list. So they do Flight of the Concords. I love that show. Yeah, it's really good. So they have one, uh, what's it called? Hip Hop Hip Hopopotamus versus um, Rhymanoceros. Yeah, something like that. It, it is one oh, of the it's best. Like a rhyme, it's like a robot. Or something. I no, it's two guys, and he says, like, one of them is the hippopotamus. He says, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You just got to look up. If you YouTube hippopotamus, hippopotamus. I love that show. I have that. It on is Blu- so good. I have that whole series on Blu-ray, too. I don't it's know crazy. if I've ever really watched the whole show. Um, oh, I've there's another, there's another new show out, a new uh, Star Wars show out on YouTube. I'm the mother flipping. I'm the mother flipping. I'm the mother flipping hip hop Go ahead. There is a new Star Wars show on YouTube. 
a new Star Wars show on YouTube. Yes. Like a YouTube show. Yes, and it is. YouTube Red. And it is a game show. Really? Yeah, no, you can just watch it on YouTube. And it is hosted by... Um, James um, Cameron. Ahmed Best, the guy who played Jar Jar Binks. Really? And it is Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. And it is a throwback to, to Legends hidden, of the Hidden le- Temple, but Star Wars style. It is a kid's game show. So there's another Legends of, a, of the Hidden Temple type show coming out where they use some of the same props, but it's called The Floor is Lava. Yeah. And it's literally the floor is lava, but they use like some, a lot coming. of the same props. Well, anyway, I want to play that. I want to watch this Jedi Temple show with my kids because it's it looks free. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Just up Star there now. Wars Kids on YouTube is the channel on YouTube. Hmm. Yep, it's up there now. It came out. I'm, I don't know if they're, I think they're releasing them episode by week by week. And you don't have to pay for Star Wars Kids. No. Debuted June 10th. Why they didn't put it on Disney Plus? Yeah, makes why would they no not do that at all whatsoever? Um, maybe it's not good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's terrible, and they just got rid of it. Premiered with yeah. two full episodes last week. Um, Test young Padawan's strength, knowledge, and bravery in a series of trials designed to discover who is capable of becoming a Jedi Knight. Ten episode series will debut on StarWarsKids.com and the official Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, which currently. Currently hosts Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, Star Wars Clone Wars, fun facts, crafts, and drawing tutorials, and several activities for young fans. I tell you what, that article that you had posted probably a year ago now about Ahmed Best. Amazing. It's so good. Yeah. And like the challenges and struggles that guy has went through because of just playing a certain character in a huge movie franchise. It's a real tearjerker. I mean, the man has made probably so much money from that. I don't know. He has to. I don't. Well, know. I guess Why? he's an actor, though, so he was only yeah, probably. Yeah, I bet paid he. For... I bet he didn't make that much. But this, what he has went through, portraying that character is just unbelievable to me. Yeah. Um, and really, that's it. That's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. So what... I mean, I did have a list of judd apatow's best and worst movies ranked because his new movie just came out which i haven't seen yet what's what the king of staten island you know so i was immediately good i'm not a huge fan of pete davidson the movie looks good i don't like pete davidson in the slightest i i just don't that's me personally um I, i don't care for his comedy i don't care for his attitude most of the time like a lot of the things he's done um in public have and like what he said about things I just don't agree with. But, um, so I immediately wanted to hate this movie because I saw that he was in it, but then I've watched the trailer. I've watched clips from it and I found out it was a Judd Apatow movie. And I tell you what, I want to see this movie. Yeah, I do too. Um, well we can get run down really, this is the, this is their ranking, not mine. Okay. Right. Yeah. But it might, I'm a huge fan of Judd Apatow. I love Undeclared, the TV series that he did with what? Seth Rogen. That's where, like, that was the one they, he did Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. yeah which I love as well. But then he did Undeclared and it took some of those characters in. And Seth Rogen was, that's where he got his start, was in Undeclared. I don't think he was in Freaks and Geeks, right? Mm, I think he was in some of it. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe he yeah, was. Yeah, he was. Okay. Well, anyway. 
a lot of those same characters were in it, and it's like they're in college now, but a lot of new characters came out too. Like one of their roommates was Charlie Hunnam. Yes. And um, I know of this. I've never watched it. It's it's really good. But anyway, uh, here's 25 of his movies ranked and their ranking, not ours. We okay. should do our own sometime, but we can comment. Okay. 25, they have year one. Uh, that was the one with Mike Jack Black and Michael Sarah. They were like, oh, cavemen. yeah, cavemen. Don't remember. Not, I saw movie. it one time. Not good. I don't think it was good. Um, 24, they have heavyweights. Don't remember that movie. Heavyweights from the 90s? Oh, from the 90s. I like oh, that movie. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. I just had Grady watch it recently. It's, it's Keenan, so good. Keenan's in it, right? And um, uh, uh, I can't believe he wrote that. Ben Stiller's in it. As he must the, have been very young. He had to have been. But Ben Stiller, well, I mean, it would be. No, it would be in the mid-90s. He had to have been really young. Ben Stiller is a phenomenal yeah, he's character. he's not that old. Um, Heavyweights. Yeah, that's a great movie for kids. Yeah. Ben great, Stiller. Great. Yeah, I like that he's movie. He's like the fitness guy that yes. takes over the camp that year. And yeah, it's a good It's movie. incredible. Um, 23 is Celtic Pride. I saw this. That's a good movie, too. It I remember that. It was pretty good. I don't remember much about it. Dan though. Aykroyd and Daniel Stern. Um, afraid they're going to lose. Isn't it Celtic? Isn't it pronounced Celtic pride? Isn't that what I said? You said Celtic. Well, like Boston Celtics. Yeah. It, it must have something to do with that. Um, afraid they're going to lose Utah to Utah in the NBA finals, kidnap the Jazz's star player, Damon Williams before game seven. Oh yes. yeah. It's the, they're Celtics fans. Yeah. 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 That's why I said that. Uh, good. Um, that I, I like that movie. Um, 22 drill bit Taylor. I remember this. I don't but think I, didn't I ever watch saw that it. Owen Wilson movie. I don't think I ever saw that. Um, Twenty one, fun with Dick and Jane. Good movie. Uh, that. Tim Carey, Taya Leone. What happened to Taya Leone? She was popular. No idea. And she just disappeared. Yeah, yes, basically. Um, I don't remember thinking that was very good. Number twenty, get him to the Greek. That I was like, Russell I like Brand. That, that was a that good was movie. a funny movie. Russell Brand and the Jonah Hill. Yes. Um, yeah, that was good. 19, Juliet Naked. Never read, never, never even heard of it. It was an adapt, adaptation of a Nick Horn, Hornby novel. Okay. He did High Fidelity and yeah. much other stuff. Anyway, 18, This is 40. It was okay. That was fine. Who was in that? Paul uh, Rudd and oh, yeah, his wife. Paul Rudd. Yeah, I like that. His wife is, uh, what's her name? I like that. She's in all movie. his movies. Leslie something. Man. Leslie Man or yep. Leslie Man. I don't Leslie know. Man. Uh, 17, you don't mess with the Zohan. Underrated. Not that great. Rewatch it. It's hilarious. I mean, I think a lot of those movies are funny, but. That movie is funnier than you remember. Maybe. It's funny. It's just He's Adam a Sandler comedy, yeah. but it's funny. Uh, 16, Wanderlust. Love that movie. I'm a fan of that. They have it at 16, though. I love Wanderlust. You want this dick? <laughs> it's good. That's a good one. Uh, Fifteen. May it last. I don't know what that is. That's nope. a documentary. So, oh, it's about the Avett brothers. I love the Avett brothers. We saw them in concert. Yeah, I, I, I it was wanna... very good. Uh, Fourteen. The five year engagement. Never saw that. No, I don't. Oh, that's with uh... Seth Rogen, Jason Segel. Jason Segel. That's Franco. who I was thinking of. Jason Segel's in that. I don't remember that movie? I'm sure I've seen it, but I, don't I have seen it. it. It was decent. Number thirteen, The Cable Guy. Oh, 
He was a producer. He didn't write it, so I don't know okay. if that counts. That's one of that's that's an underrated Jim Carrey movie oh, too because movie. he's kind of an anti-hero. Apatow served as producer, worked on the script, but didn't receive credit. I don't know if yeah, count I that. wouldn't count that. Twelve. Now we're getting into something that I really like. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oof. Another Jason Segel. Love that movie. Very good. The Dracula puppet show. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Such a good movie. Kristen Bell's great. Russell Brand. Incredible. Jason Segel is incredible. Uh, Eleven. Pop star. Never stop. Never stop. Never stopping. Never, yeah. So that's that. a, that's a Lonely Island. One? It's a Lonely Island movie, and um, what's the main guy in Lonely Island? Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg is the main character in that. It's very ridiculous. Like you have to go in knowing that this is going to be one of those absolutely over the top ridiculous movies. I thought it was pretty funny. I'm not a big rap fan. He's a rapper, and it's. I mean, if you have time to waste, you can yeah. watch that. All right, 10 more, and we got to cruise through them because we got a bunch more stuff to talk about. Number 10, Funny People. Which I did not like it. I liked it. Fine. I, it's not great. No, nah, I did not care for it at all. Um, number nine, this one is underrated for sure. Walk Hard, the Dewey oh Cox story. He did that movie? Wrote and produced, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm smell blind. It's a great movie. <laughs> oh it gosh. is such a good movie. You've halved your brother. Um, number eight, Trainwreck. I never saw it. Oh, I did see Trainwreck. That's the one with Amy Schumer. I didn't see it. And uh, Bill Hader. Not a huge... Doc- Bill Hader's the doctor, and he works on LeBron James. It's not bad. It's a pretty good movie, I, actually. I'm such a... You just hate Amy Schumer yeah, so bad? Yeah, not a big Amy Schumer fan. It's not bad. Check it out. Okay. Number seven, King of Staten Island. Haven't seen it yet. Number six is one that I really enjoyed, The Big Sick. I didn't see that yet uh, either. With Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. Really good movie. He produced it, though. He didn't write that. Kumail wrote that, wrote that with his wife. It, I think. Yeah. yeah it, Emily Gordon. Yep. Um, yep. They scripted it. I don't know if they... Yeah. They got an Oscar nomination for that. Yes, they did. Good movie. Uh, one of my favorites, but again, just a producer, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time, Pineapple Express. Very five. good movie. Love that movie. But Another Seth Rogen. Uh, number four, also just a producer. Super bad. I watched that movie so many times. I don't know who wrote that script. I think Jonah Hill might have, and Seth Rogen might have wrote that script. I don't think Jonah Hill wrote it because he was, that was like the first movie he starred in. Well, then then Seth Rogen did. And his writing partner have, is yeah. uh, Adam Goldberg. Or, yes. No, not Adam Goldberg. That's the Goldbergs. Evan Goldberg. Evan Goldberg. I think they wrote that. Oh, yep. Written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, number three, Knocked Up. Such a great movie. Really great movie. Love it. Number four, number two, The 40 Year Old Virgin. Oh, also, another really great really movie. Really good movie. Number one, uh, just producer, uh, Bridesmaids. Mm, I don't know if I'd put that as number one. That was written uh, by Paul Feig and. Kristen Wig. Wig. Yeah. She's great in it. I think the movie is really funny, but it's fine. It's okay. I wouldn't put it as number one. No, I would definitely on this list. What would you put as number one? I wouldn't for that list. I, I would probably like. I love Pineapple Express, but he was just a producer, so that doesn't count for me. So of stuff he's actually written and or directed, one or the other. I really like Knocked Up. I really like the Forty Year Old Virgin. I really like. Um, walk hard. 
Yeah, for me, I'd probably put... And Forgetting Sarah... I think I'm going to go... Oh, no, he just produced Forgetting, Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall. Marshall. I, I think Jason Siegel wrote that. Yeah, I think he did. I Honestly, I, I think I'd put 40-year-old version and Walk Hard in one and two. Yeah. For me, out of all those... I I'd probably go with Knocked Up, I guess. I don't know. I, I probably put that as number. He didn't three. write Wanderlust either. This is a terrible list. That's the problem. Wonder Wanderlust I'd put as number one if he had wrote that. Or is it, it's not that good. I love it. I really do. I love it, and it's all because of Paul Rudd. I might put Celtic Pride at number one. It's a good movie. Paul Rudd as an actor is, even though it's like the same character every time he plays it, it's so good. Yeah. Everything he does is so good. But I know on the ones he what produces, was that show that he was in. Who? That we both watched. He was a twin, or he was like he was like cloned. Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, it what was, a, was it was on Netflix last year, the first season. I can't remember what it's called, but it was I really good. liked it. Yeah, a lot. All right, let's get to what we're watching and then get out of here because Jerry's got to go to work. Yeah, we're recording on an off day. Here um, and I got to work tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll start off by saying I one of the things I've been watching is I had a couple a day off really mm-hmm. this weekend. And no family at home, so I decided to get back into the video game world. Oh, and okay. I started. I I started the game before, but didn't play more than like two hours of Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes, because it takes like two hours to get through like the beginning, the beginning. part. Yeah, um, to even start playing the game, you've got to put in two hours. I probably put six hours, seven hours into this game okay. over the weekend, um, and you didn't get too far. First of all. It drove me insane because I wanted, I had gotten off a little early on Saturday. So I had like all Saturday evening and all Saturday night and most of the day Sunday to yes. play this game. Popped it in, forgot that I got a new Xbox. I upgraded my Xbox to a One X. Okay. So I had to Re-download. reinstall the game, which took Takes like an hour. Forever. And then when I reinstalled it, I had a 16 gigabyte update I had to download, which Oof. took eight hours. So I didn't get to play it at all on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. And uh, started playing it Sunday morning. Um, And, man, I would say the first three or four hours were rough. I didn't have a problem with the first three or four hours. It was just everything after that. It just took forever. It's so slow. I don't enjoy it because it's so slow. It's beautiful. It is. The storyline's good. I enjoy the storyline a lot. Yeah. I like the characters a lot, the voice acting and everything. The visuals are incredible. The open world concept, I like all of it. And the gameplay is incredible. Gameplay I mean, is really fun. Great. Gameplay is awesome. There, those two things are harp on. It's a very complicated. Like The gameplay is extremely complicated. There is like 10 different menus. There's crafting. Yes. There's the, a lot I, of this stuff. That, and I don't understand the crafting part of just it. Like just To make much. things better. It's too much. I agree with you. Um, it took... It, like to figure out how to do a simple thing, what should be a simple thing, like takes forever to figure out how to do what you need to do. And that's why I fell out of the game. I mean, I didn't finish it. I've went back to it a few times and tried to play it. <sighs> I don't know. I if love I riding horses. I love hunting. Okay, that brings me to my number two problem with this game. Anytime when to do anything, you have to spend 15 minutes riding a horse. Yes. You can't do that. Like, it's ridiculous. There is no fast travel system in the game until I read later on you can buy a fast travel upgrade. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, like you get a little wise in the game, and if you can get, you have to have five hundred dollars first off, which is like a fortune. Yeah, that's a lot game. of money. Um, you have to have a f- not real money, obviously in-game currency, right? But you have to get five hundred dollars, so you got to do a lot of bounties to get that. Yep, and um, you can unlock some sort of fast travel. Now, I did find a hack. It's not a hack because it's on purpose, but if you set a waypoint to a point on the map. Mm-hmm. Like, say you need to go to this point in the map, but it's on the other side of the map. If you set that waypoint and you start running along the highlighted trail and hold the button to engage the cinematic mode. Oh. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you hold the button to run and also hold the cinematic mode button, there's a little dial that comes on your screen that says cinematic mode and it has a little thing that takes a couple seconds. And once it goes around and locks in and you let go of your buttons, he'll automatically run along the trail to your destination. Okay. But it still takes 15 minutes. Right. You just don't have to do it. You just don't have to physically do it. And stuff can still happen to you. Right. You could be attacked. You can be attacked while you're in cinematic mode. It is beautiful to look at cinematic mode when you're riding down the trail. Yes. I mean, it's gorgeous. And it's even better because you don't have to actually control the horse or anything. You can just kind of look around and be like, man, this is incredible. This would be an amazing um, someday in the future um, VR game. I agree. It's gorgeous. But... To me, I cannot spend 15 minutes riding from point A to point B. I mean, it's insane that they expect people to do that. It's like built in that you would wander, though. Like each individual. Yes, but there's not that much to do in the midst of the wandering. Unless you stop to talk to people and take. I guess, but side class. A lot of it is go here, 15 minutes, do this. The missions are very short. Do this little mission and then 15 minutes back and then. 15 minutes to the next mission. It's insane. I, I swear to God, I burnt six hours on this game and barely accomplished anything. And there's no way to fast travel across this map if you haven't discovered the area yet. Even like, if you have, there's no way to fast travel. No, there. I know that, but I mean, there's a there's an opportunity for it later because I thought you could go to like a train station you and can f- unlock, fast travel. unlock later, you can... You can do that. And yeah. some of the missions... But you can't if you haven't already found that area. So you would have had to already ridden to the area on a horse to unlock it in the map to even know that it's there. Yeah. Because it doesn't show you You can anything. ride on trains. So you can jump on a train, literally just jump on one. Yes. And go across the map. But um, it still takes time, a massive amount of time. Right. And... And then you got to worry about your horse wearing down and you got to feed your horse and pet him. I don't want to feed and pet a horse. You got to pat the horse and tell him he's a good boy. Then you go try and buy a faster horse. You're like $150 for this horse. Come on. I don't even like the coloring. (laughs) Well, you can change it, but you got to pay $30 to change the color of your horse. (laughs) Right. So that's expensive. Yeah. That's a lot of pelts. I like the action of the game, but the action is so few and far between. It's a lot of like, shuttling people around missions i did hunt uh, like right out of the gate i went on that hunt <laughs> to the legendary bear yes absolutely i did too and i didn't save it after uh, something happened where i had to do it twice okay so i went in the hunt and there's spoilers you go on this hunt and you don't kill the bear and, and then you have the option of staying and continuing the hunt yes. or just leaving and coming back later in the game i continued to hunt and killed it i did too but you have to collect the claw. 
like the bear claw. Yeah. And I think I didn't do that. Okay. And that was the big issue. So I collected the pelt and um, loaded on the horse and you got to drive it. You got to freaking take it all the way back to a trader, which is on the other side of the map. Yeah. And first of all, they never tell you that. The only reason I knew that is because I looked it up online. Okay. So I, that, there was something I didn't do. It was either the claw or the pelt thing. I didn't do the yeah. pelt thing, I think. So I get, I, so get I get no credit for this. Right up to this trader after 20 minutes of right. galloping across with a legendary bear skin. Yeah, legendary. On cinematic mode, so I'm not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I ran into a blockade, and they just murdered me. And then you lose the pelt. It's gone when you respawn. Oh, my gosh. Luckily, you don't. If you go to the trader, it's just unlocked. And you don't actually have to bring the pelt anywhere. Once you kill oh, the once bear. Once you have it, it, it yeah. it'll eventually unlock and Maybe it you right. can't sell it. I don't really know, but... Anyway, it's a cool game, but I not I just not in a point in my life when I can devote that much time to a game. The, so this is my big problem with these type of games now is that they're so big. These open world games are getting so huge, which is what we all wanted. Everybody wanted bigger games, bigger games. Bigger I wanted games. it when I was in college and I had time. Once we've got them now and you're into it, it just it is so time consuming and and to the point where it's just not it's not as fun anymore. It's it's still fun, and I like it's being immersed a in a game. But it can be it has to be the only thing you do in your life. That's it. You can't have other a business pastimes. or a job or a or family. Children, yeah. I mean, you like, can. But I was reading it takes sixty hours just to play the main storyline. That's that's all. That's too much. No, I listen. I put time into games. everything else. I played the new Fallout game. I probably put 100 hours into that game. Yeah, you've lost half a life in video games. I took an entire it's week ridiculous. off work just to play that game. <laughs> right. When it came I out. I remember that. And I probably put 100 hours into it, and I'm happy that I did. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. And there is also a lot of bullshit crafting and stuff like that, and there's a lot of running around the map. But you can fast travel in that game. Yep. Um, that's that's the big difference is big, fast If traveling. you could fast travel, uh, this game would be damn near perfect. You know, life would be damn near perfect if I could fast travel. Yeah, no shit. Um, anyway, that was that. The other thing that uh, we both have watched. Yes, this is basically the only thing I've watched in the last week. Is we talked about it last week, and we both started watching the show alone. Yeah. So I we, was calling it Alive last week. I was uh, wrong. Well, there are there's another show called Alive, I thought. I don't think so. No? No. Because I was confused by that, too, because I could have sworn You're thinking of uh, Life show. Below Zero. I am. Um, which this is not a Life Below Zero. This is a way better. It's a survival game. Yeah, I think it's better than Life it's Below like, Zero it's by far. It's very similar to Naked and Afraid, but with more resources. I think it's a combination of Naked and Afraid. But the amazing thing and about... a show called Survivor Man. Yes, I was going to say, because they're self-filming and they're isolated, which so, is a cool, interesting aspect to it. So there was a show on, I believe it was National Geographic originally when it came out, called Survivor Man. The, the main Les Stroud. Yes, Les Stroud was the main guy. He created it, he produced it, he did all of it himself. And I always loved that show because it was self-filmed. He filmed everything, he taught you everything, he did it all on his own all the time. And he'd go to different areas of the world. I think he might have been in like a little bit more resource-rich environments than what these people are on this show, at least season seven of the show. Six of the show. Yeah, I'm sure. But he was in a lot of different areas. I mean, he did one in the middle of an ocean on the, a boat. The area these people... So, we're, so, so we've been watching season 
Six. The newest season. The newest season, yeah. It, it filmed uh, in, last like, year. It, it, it ended in the end of 2019, something yeah, like that. And they're in the Arctic Circle, so like either in Canada or it's in Canada, Alaska, it's, I'm not sure. It's a very far northern point of Canada, up by a big lake. It's the fifth largest inland lake in the world. I don't remember what it's called. I just remember it being huge. And they're all, these 10 contestants are scattered around this lake. Yeah. Uh, none of them know where each other are at. And the premise of it... It seems like they got to be close to each other. Like you'd see a campfire. It's huge. I, I just, I mean, you may see the overhead of this lake, but it's huge. Yeah. And also... All of their campfires they're, are they're within inside, their yeah. shelters. And... Um, it's it's this show is kind of slow at points but but take it at what it at I, what it is it's just these people living alone so how can you make it it's yeah, interesting it, it, it more can be than what kind of done. slow but and it also can, it's kind of one of those things you can just kind of shut your brain off and watch I, that's why I but love at the it. same time it is interesting and you do kind of what's interesting about it to me is that you have all of these 10 people and every single one of them goes about it a different way yeah for sure every one of them and there's one guy that I thought, man, this guy is going to excel way further than everybody else. It's because he brought a gill net with him. Um, I believe his name was Nathan. And he put up this gill net. He, he set up this um, a, a tree out in the water with a, like a, a counterweight with other trees on the side. Set this gill net, gill net out in the water, and then he he tied a rope to the end so he could pull it in whenever he needed to, like on a you know a pivot point, and he'd pull it right up onto this rock. Very first time he put this gill net out, he caught this giant lake trout, and he caught several every day. He'd yeah. go over there and he'd have a fish. It seemed like I don't, I guess I don't know if it was every day, but it seemed like every day. Yeah, every that was like in went, the first like ten days. He was fine. He was catching fish all the time. He caught a pike. He caught a white fish. He caught multiple trout. And I was like, this dude is gonna make it. But he also did absolutely nothing other than that. Yeah, like nothing. Every every time they showed him, it was like, is well, he the one that ate the fish eggs. I'll go yes. out of the fish. Yes, he ate the fish eggs and got severely super sick. sick. Because of the bacteria, and he realized it later, and he overcame it, but he was very lucky. I like the one where they show the fish. I think it was him, too. And you could see all the worms swimming around in it, the parasitic worms. No, so that was um, Ray. It was the other guy. He pulled a, the bladder out, uh, the float bladder, I believe it's called, because they have a most fish have a bladder inside of them that make them float. They can add air to it or take air away from it. But when you pull a fish up from a deep in a, a lake or a large body of water, you pull them up to the top right away, that bladder will fill up immediately because of the pressure, and it bloats them up. Well, he pulled that out, and the whole thing was covered in parasitic worms. And he's like, well, I'm just going to have to cook this really good, hopefully. Which is probably true. And, yeah, it is probably. It's just interesting. Um, a lot. Some of the contestants, you're just like, what are they getting these people? These people are crazy either crazy or have no freaking idea what they're doing every one of them had a very interesting story but it's amazing how many of them can smoke a squirrel with a bow and arrow from a long distance away dude the one one guy shot him right through the ears the one lady was shooting squirrel and uh grouse and stuff yes like far away 
Right. I'm like, man, I couldn't do that. And and we're not talking a compound bow with sights. No, these are it's a regular recurve bow that you don't have sights and it's it's just instinct. Yeah. You know, it's like and they don't even aim that much. They just pull it back and let it fly and they just nail these things. We don't see how many they miss. Right, but I mean, when you're in the midst of hunting an animal and you shoot once, most of the time that's all you get. Yeah. Especially, yeah. You only have so many arrows, too. They get nine. They got nine arrows with their bow. Um, That's why when you first said, like, a lot of these people seem very ill-equipped or, like, very, like, like posers, you know? I was like, well, just wait a minute because you're going to see that they really aren't posing too much. You could tell a lot of them were trying to play because the the goal of the game is just to outlast your opponents. That's all. Right. And a lot of them are playing the starvation game. Yeah. Like they can just outlast them, you know, not eat and get what little they can. But I started doing a little research after watching this. I'm like, these people are just eating an occasional squirrel and a rabbit or even fish. And they expect to be able to. It's not like naked and afraid where you know you're only there for 30 days. You just got to make it 30 days. Like you could no. damn near starve yourself for 30 days and make it. You, yep. It'd be terrible for you. But, but you, if you, you got an occasional it. squirrel or something, you can make it 30 days. But the well, you people, can live three weeks without food. Yeah. But these people, they are planning on being there possibly for months. You could be there up to a year. The show is is dedicated yeah. for people to be there up to a year. So any contestant walking on that show thinking they're going to live off of squirrel and rabbits, they have to be insane because I started looking it up. You would have to have like four to six squirrels a day. Right. To sustain your calorie intake. And then the other problem is that's just for caloric intake. The other problem is squirrels and rabbits have no fat on them. Right. And there's a thing called rabbit starvation. Yes. Same with moose. Yeah. Well, but moose have a lot more fat on them in certain areas of the moose. If you can get the moose, but just moose meat in general, if you can get the fat off the moose. It's literally lean protein, but there's a lot of fat. You sure. need fat to you live. You have to have fat to live, yes. Um, and moose have a lot of fat on them, or in places anyway. But a rabbit and a squirrel have no None. fat on them. Fish, trout, have almost no fat on them. Well, no, but but trout meat have way more grams of fat within the meat than any land animal does. Well, even then, I was looking up what you would need to survive on. Because the omega-3 like fatty acid within fish meat is so much higher which gives you better nutrition than what what a rabbit does. Yeah, but this thing that I was reading was saying even to live on just fish alone you would need a massive amount of fish. Yeah. 4, 5, 6 fish a day. You would still go into fat starvation because there's still not enough fat. The 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 societies the um, societies that were built on fishing they the successful ones ate a lot of whale blubber. Right. They, they ate a lot of, they supplemented and they ate mostly fat. They didn't, weren't just eating fish. Correct. So I just thought that was interesting. I didn't really know any of that until I started researching that. But it, to me, it seems crazy. I mean, there was only a couple, three or four people on the show that I saw that had a goal of shooting a large animal. Right. And it well, took, the majority there is of no way not. you can last over a month without shooting a large animal. In this environment, it's impossible. So that's why I said, like, it, this is like spoilers completely. But we talked about the winner in the last episode, and um, his name was Jordan, and he 
ends up winning it. It doesn't spoil the show for you. You can watch this knowing oh, yeah. the winner, and it's, it's still very, very interesting. It's not that kind of a game show. No, it's not. It doesn't change the, you know, the aspect of the show whatsoever. But you can, to me, I could clearly tell he was more advanced oh, yeah, than a lot of these sure. people in what he was building, what he was doing. What episode did you get to? Five or six. Okay, so you need to get a little further. Yeah. Um, but there are spots in the show where... So he had he had shot a moose, uh, cut it up, carried it all back to camp, started smoking some. Well, then he was having an issue with uh, things starting to eat the meat. So he he redid uh, where he was keeping the meat, and he ended up building this platform way up in the air. And then he built he made his own ladder, um, made this own ladder, carried all the meat up to the top of this platform. Uh, because he was having an issue with this Wolverine that we had talked about in the last episode, he ends up uh, killing a Wolverine with a hatchet, just beating it to death. Yeah. Um, eats that. But then he gets all this meat up to this higher platform, and a- another Wolverine comes around and still makes it up this platform that he made. Because if you strip the bark away from trees, it's harder for anim- animals to climb up like uh, just wood poles. They can't really do it. Well, a wolverine did it, and it didn't eat the meat. It ate all the fat off right. of a lot of his meat. And he's he gets up there, and he's like, oh, man, this isn't good. It's like, man, all the fat's gone off this meat. So he decides to put snares. He, he made all these snares out of wire and wrapped them around this these poles. Um, and when he shows how he made these snares around these poles, I'm like, man, this guy is pretty advanced. Yeah. On how he can make things. And that's the difference that I could study a survival guide as long as you want me to study it. You have to live this way in order to really understand yeah. how to I was just survive. amazed how much they caught in snares. Snares are the way to go, man. I, I, it surprised me. Me too. I've been looking into snares for this mink. Yeah. Because a lot of people snare mink all the time. And, and I've read a lot of things about how it's the only way to go. Because uh, box traps and everything else that you can set up for them, they're just too clever, and they they work their way around it. Or you get a bigger animal there um, that ruins the trap. Just like I set two box traps uh, literally last night to try to catch this mink with a a chicken. I parted out a chicken that ended up dying and put them in these two different traps. And this morning, I had both traps sprung. All the meat was gone. But it had had to have been a coon because I'm using a smaller kind of bear trap, um, and they get their arm stuck in it. Coons don't stop pulling themselves out of out of a trap until they either die or rip an arm off. And what do I have? Got two coon arms this morning. Wow, that's it because the trap cl- closes on their arm and they'll just chew their arm off or pull on it until it pulls off and then they leave. It but my chickens were gone too, so. Um, it's just, it's like a pain in the butt to try to catch these little animals, you know? But everything I've read is like, you need to find out their run and put up a snare, and you're going to snare them almost every time because they'll run right through it because they don't see that wire. And if they get into the wire and it trips, they're snared and you're good. Yeah. And these people know how to do it, and I need to they start do. figuring it out. They do. But I just think it's, there's not a lot of thought on these people. Like, it, the, the clear thing to me seems like fish on the, on the end of the lake would, Fishing be, would be the way to go source, but they don't seem to catch a lot of fish. 
You know, there was one lady on this show that I thought was going to have the way to do it. She found this barrel and yeah, created she didn't the catch raft. Anything. But I thought, man, that seems like a good idea. If you can hang, you know, leads off of this fishing line off of this with hooks, and she floated it out to the middle of this lake or quite a ways off the bank and had them out there for a little while and would bring it in. Yeah, she didn't end up catching anything, but I was like, man, that could be because she a never intelligent anything else. She had no bait. You have to have bait. I know you got to put something on there. She was using flies, like fly lures, and it didn't no, do anything. If you're not moving that, that's it not doesn't do work. anything. Yeah, the only people that were successful were using entrails for bait, or the one sure. guy used fish eggs for bait. That was a good idea. Um, it seemed like that was the way to go. But the more I read about it and got into it, I'm like, you have to. I didn't realize that you had to have this much fat in your diet. Yeah, and it seems like for, just for survival. I don't. The crazy, the second crazy thing about it is they were in, they're there during the winter or the fall, whatever it was. They started in September. Yeah, so it was cold. Um, and in listening to the other guy on Life Below Zero, you can't survive up there in the summer because you can't store meat. You can't store meat. Yeah, you can't store anything. Yeah, so the only way this works is in the winter. Yeah, because you have a refrigerator built in. You know, basically. Right. And, and even at the time, they were worried about their meat going bad in September when it was was like like anywhere from 25 to 35 degrees. Yeah, It was like refrigerator temperature. They kept saying that. Right. Um, So it was, it was a good show. It was interesting. Some of the characters on it, people on it are characters. They're interesting. There's one guy that just has a complete emotional breakdown because he killed a squirrel. Um, (laughs) There's another lady who stabs herself in the leg and chops her finger off. Um, and you didn't even get into Can I? No. You didn't get I into don't the episode. Know. No, I don't want to know more. It's the squirrel episode. You got to see the squirrel yeah. episode. This lady's out there a little bit. If, She's strange. If you like survival, it's, it's a good show. It's pretty fun to watch. I, I have a good time I don't it. think it's en- as entertaining as Naked and Afraid. It's not built as it's Naked not, Afraid, though. It's, it's built on the same platform as they are battling to win a, a show. But then it's it's heavier onto the survivor man type stuff where yeah he's not out there Whereas to win naked anything. Naked Afraid is a lot of like just mental um, and starvation game. Basically. Yes, that's all it is. But they of people that are not quite as knowledgeable as the ones that are on the show. I f- I do feel like even though you think they're characters, I do feel like they are way more knowledgeable in survival. I, I would think so. There's a couple guys on there though that you could tell are like hardcore like hunters. And yes, and ended up going out within yeah, the they don't fare first well week a lot of times. Yeah, I, honestly, you know the guy that shot the moose. Um, anybody who shoots a moose, I feel like you're just lucky to get a moose. Absolutely, none of the would. other people even saw one. But when you brought that up to me, you're like, he was lucky to have it in his area at the time. You're right, but he also has to make that shot. He shot one time. Well, he sh- he missed one. I know and he did. Shot another one. But either way, you still only have one shot. Yeah, that was m- crazy. You have have to make that shot. And then the, the process that thing, and then pack it all back. Right. Crazy. With it's nothing a- getting the meat in the meantime. There's wolves. There's bears. Just very lucky that nothing came back for it. When he'd carry, it said that he ended up walking six miles back and forth to carry all the meat. Total. Back. Total. Of so all the, it was probably six trips. You know. Right, so he may have been ha- like three quarter to a mile or half mile away 
right. from his camp. But either way, when you're talking about you're, carrying that much meat. starving for two weeks. And using that much energy. And he said, he's like, it's great to get big game. He's like, but you also expend so much energy and calories yeah. getting it back to your camp and trying to keep it to be able to eat. And then there's also starving from eating just that. So that's why he starts fishing later in the, in the episodes to try to catch fish because he's like, I, I have to get something different than just this meat. He's like, it's really aggravating knowing that I have hundreds of pounds of meat that is going to kill me if I continue to eat it. I think over a long period of time, probably longer than what he was going to be in that show. But he's thinking about the long game. He has no idea. Correct. Yeah, that's true. And he's trying to prepare for the long game. So he's saying, you know, at the point that he's thinking about it, no, he's not starving, but he sees the future in, in that I'm going to if I only eat this. Yeah. You know. It's crazy. I love the show. I like I to really go do. back and watch some of the earlier seasons. But they've said that, that this season has the most like expert survivalists on it compared to some of the previous oh, seasons. Oh, really? That's what I read. But I, I had seen it before. Well, I didn't read that. They I say thought it, it was in the put out the on the History Channel. Yeah, History Channel. History Channel is the one who produced this before, and I remember watching the first couple seasons. But, but it's on Netflix. Before yeah. I was a cord cutter. Yeah. No, not an umbilical cord cutter, because I've done that too, but... Cable, satellite, cord cutter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that show I've been watching, I'm going to keep watching that. The other big one I've watched is Birds of Prey, but I think we're out of time. We kind of are. Yeah, we are. We'll save that till next we'll time because I haven't seen it yet. So Maybe you watch it, and then we'll review it together because um, I'd like to get your take on it. Like, okay. There's good and bad. Uh, there always is with DC shows. Yeah, there's good and bad. There's interesting and weird, and it's. I mean, a lot of people liked this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did. Yeah, it came out, and people said it was better than what they expected. I was always against this movie uh, since I saw its creation, or that it was going to be created. I was like, yeah, that's a movie I'm probably never going to watch. I will say it's a very scattered movie with a couple fantastic um performances okay that's good to know. so it's it's i don't know if i can recommend it and say it's worth watching to the average person but right. it's worth you watching okay so we can talk about it and that's what i'll do so uh just to recap a little bit remember we obviously get on patreon if you aren't on patreon already ten dollars gets you a shirt which leads me into saying we have shirts available for sale uh twenty dollars for a t-shirt and what what did we say for thirty dollars for a hoodie? Thirty dollars for a hoodie. Forty five for both. Forty five for both. There you go. So uh, remember, you can get a t shirt a lot cheaper if you do ten dollars for Patreon. And if you buy a shirt um, or any of that, we'll throw some stickers into. Absolutely, you get stickers involved with it as well because we have those available. So uh, check those out. Hopefully, we'll have a Facebook or an Instagram post about the t shirts and sweatshirts. And this is your only soon. opportunity to get a t shirt outside of winning some sort of contest. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, I mean, they're up for sales, so that's what I mean. Yeah, buying one is the only chance you're going to get outside of winning a contest or joining our Patreon for ten dollars, and then you get our, one sent to you. Yeah, I think our next content is going to be that coloring contest. We do have a coloring contest coming up for a caricature. I have to find a place that will print done. Print eleven by seventeen. I don't have an eleven by seventeen printer. Xerox it, man. No, I want a full sized. 
I know. Don't uh, any printing place would do that. Brant's printing in Morris would probably make you one, right? Well, I'll give it to you then. You can. You're you're out and about in the world more than I am. Really not. I go to Dresden <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> All um, right. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See you. <laughs>